due to adult content. Parental discretion is advised. To begin. To begin. Are you watching closely? How to start. Gladys, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? In life itself, a memoir, Roger E. begins. I was born inside the movie of my life. I was born a poor black child. The visuals were before me. I was born in it, molded by it. The audio surrounded me. The plot unfolded inevitably, but not necessarily. I don't remember how I got into the movie, but it continues to entertain me. At first, the frames flicker without connection. We all are born with a certain package. We are who we are. Where we were born, who we were born as, how we were raised. We're kind of stuck inside that person. And the purpose of civilization and growth is to be able to reach out and empathize a little bit with other people. And for me, the movies are like a machine that generates empathy. It lets you understand a little bit more about different hopes, aspirations, dreams, and fears. It helps us to identify with the people who are sharing this journey with us. Here's the deal. Just give me the facts. Just the facts. Only the facts. Breathe. Focus. Keep it simple. No, no, no. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. Welcome to Cock and Bull Minute, a Tristram Shandy story. A podcast in which, eventually, ostensibly, at some point, we will be talking about the 2005 film Tristram Shandy, a cock and bull story, one minute at a time. Good lord, what is this story all about? Cock and a bull story. Here's your host, me. Robert Black. <laughs> uh, which I don't like. I, I'm terrified of him. Uh, I'm more scared of... Like, my biggest fear is ostriches, and I don't know why. They creep me out so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> I kind of want to start the episode with you saying that, because it's hilarious. Sure. <laughs> with with, no, with no not the rest of the context of the... <laughs> ostriches creep me out. Because we're, we're here feel, with... Feel um, wait, what am I saying? We are here with Luke Allen again, filmmaker, podcaster, 16-year-old. An ostrich phobe. Uh, to talk about, in theory, Groundhog Day and Happy Death Day, but I don't think we that you even mentioned them, and I only mentioned them in the intro last week. So we're not doing well. <laughs> we talked about Les Mis and About Time instead, which is fine, mm. you know. So, ostriches. Yeah, ostriches. Uh, ostriches in film, let me think. Um... I think he... Jumanji 3, I had to fast forward. Yeah, Jumanji, is it? It was mostly because I... Does he ride one in... It was awful. I sat down to watch Jumanji 3 to rest after, like, a series of panic attacks. (laughs) And then I went out for a second, and I think I ended up having to continue it another day. My parents had gone slightly ahead, and they were like, Luke, you have to fast forward. (laughs) (laughs) They were were like, there's a big herd of ostriches. And even though, like... Because I don't know what it is. At one point, I finally braved it. There was, I think there were ostriches or birds that looked quite similar at some farm, and there was just an option to like walk through. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do it, and it was fine. And I managed it, and I was like, oh, it's great, I'm not scared anymore. And then I had my uh, little cousin with me; he must have been about two or three at that point. And I thought, you know, I'm going to take him in there now, just to really brave it. And I went in, and suddenly they looked at me and just started like coming towards me, almost <laughs> chasing me. My little cousin didn't care. I grabbed his arm and ran out of there. It was just. Oh, yeah, I don't know why. 
We had um, female peacocks look quite similar to ostriches. I well, think. They're not as tall, <laughs> but I guess they're not tall. Is it the long they? neck that bothers you? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't know what it is. They just how about giraffes? I'm I'm a I'm not as bad, but still not a fan of like geese. <laughs> well, geese are awful. Swans. Geese will attack you. Yeah. I remember that. One of my, I was talking to my dad because one of my favorite places near me, incidentally where I filmed a lot of Unstable, but you don't see that. The subway tunnel in Unstable leads into, to the listeners, Unstable is one of my short films. Check it out. <laughs> it, there's, it, it leads to like this nice sort of like, uh, sort of pool, but it's like a pond sort of area. And there's always loads of geese and ducks there. And I love walking around there with the dog. Yeah. Not on my own. Right. No. <laughs> I remember going around there with my parents and like, I was just telling my dad like, oh actually they quite creeped me out. And he was like, oh it's fine, the worst they could do is, and he's just describing how they could like break your legs mm-hmm. and attack you. And I was like, this really isn't helping. We stayed at a family's house in England and they had a goose on the property. When we'd go to get to our car in the morning, we'd be like looking out the door seeing where's the goose. Like, I don't see him. It's going to be dangerous. <laughs> we'd like run to the car. Mm. Yeah, at one point I walked, I'd, I walked our dogs along a path by a different pool that was quite close to the original pool and there was one goose that was almost guarding the pathway he was stood right in the middle of the middle of this path and i thought i didn't need to get past but i thought it's a longer walk if i get past there so i braved it up i walked past thought it was fine till the goose hissed at us <laughs> and it terrified me and then all i could think as soon as i passed him is the only way to get back is going back past him again <laughs> <laughs> it was just whoo but yeah, female peacocks, what I was yeah. saying earlier, is we play, we stayed in this place in Wales, in like this little, well, I can't remember what it's called. It's not a caravan, because it's... Because it's a building? It shouldn't be that. It's okay. a building, a little building. Like a hotel, uh, bed and breakfast? A lodge? No, it's like a site. Cabin? It might be a cab- cabin or lodge, yeah, that's, that's the word. I think cabin was what I was trying to think. I don't know why I forgot cabin. But we stayed in this cabin. And like feeding peacocks at the like came up to the door. That was fine. I was okay with that. My parents were doing that. I stayed in 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 the cabin. Yeah. Then one of the peacocks came in. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this was years and years ago, but I still have that image like very strongly (laughs) in my head. I was not a fan (laughs) whatsoever of that of that peacock. And incidentally, we don't stay at that place anymore. (laughs) I think there was some sort of not to do with that. I think there was some sort of. there was some sort of legal thing where another company took over and ended up just like, I could be wrong, so thus I'm not naming the place, but where like another company took over and they ended up like having pe- people who had paid membership to come any time just like lost their money and lost their membership. Oh. And I think my grandparents has still like got a legal case open about it or something. I don't know. I could be completely wrong about all of that, but I think... They just lied about that because they want to protect you from the peacocks. <laughs> I think they're still waiting for their money like, back. No, we can't go there. <laughs> it was so lovely as well. It was like a, a beautiful, beautiful place. Except the peacocks. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. And it's weird because it's been years, like at least five years since I've been there, but I remember it very vividly. Mostly the peacocks. But I remember it quite quite vividly and there was a... Uh... I don't know why I'm talking about this. <laughs> There was like, you know, like a show on every night, but they were mostly the, the shows were all done by the same person, which I think is probably quite common for yeah. holiday places like that. And, uh, he was like, I don't know why at that point, at that age, I was a big fan of Mamma Mia. Whoa, Mamma Mia, here I go again. My, my, how can I resist you? Mamma Mia. Oh, 
And I just asked this like singer whether he knew any ABBA songs, and he just like, <laughs> it was awesome. Like now I understand why that was funny. When I was like seven, it was like, is that funny? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was just like he asked for requests. I think the only request I asked for that he actually knew was Beyond the Sea because I blooming love that song. Mm. I sang it in my reception talent show. Reception is I don't know how you describe. Do you have reception, or is that just not mean anything? I, we have that word. I don't know what you mean by it. Okay. It's like between nursery and year one in school. Oh, okay. So no. I guess it's, okay. yeah, at some point between your kindergarten and grade one, I guess. I would have been yeah. four. Uh, but yeah, I sang it then. I remember standing there with wait, my... Wait, you sang Beyond the Sea? Yeah. At four? Yeah. Finding Nemo. That's, that's cool. <laughs> I sat, I stood, I stood there with my, with my Nemo cuddly toys and my Nemo t-shirt, as far as I remember, and sang Beyond the Sea. <laughs> And so, last year, year 10, the year before I left, and I, I, and I meant to do it this year, that, well, there was like something we were doing a tea party for the elderly people, and they were like, can anyone sing some old songs? And I was like, yes, I can. <laughs> I did be on the sea. And I really, really wanted to do it this year, because like, reception's like the first year of school, and year 11's like the last year of school, and I was really hoping to bookend it, but Corona came and took it all away. But hopefully I can still do it. Maybe I'll just burst into song in an episode of of T-Mat sometime. We've only got two left to do it in. Yeah, but lame is you can do it all the time. Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, my co-host's a singer. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are doing it all the time. 100%. I think I'm, te- I'm tempted in reading the dialogue that we're probably going to be singing it. I'm trying to figure out... Like, the number of times in Les Mis when characters state their names, right? Mm-hmm. There's got to be a good intro to do for the show in that. Because you've got the you've got the obvious and I'm Javert, and unfortunately <laughs> that doesn't I and I'm Luke Allen doesn't really work so well. There's Marius's yeah. my name is Marius Pomacy, there's Cassette's and I'm Cassette, yeah. and obviously there's the my name is Jean Valjean. There's enough of them where it's some my name is Luke Allen. I don't know. I can do something. You, yeah, you could do it to Jean Valjean, same those syllables. You just got to get the gravitas right. And actually, my co-host's first name is two syllables, so that will fit Javert. I'll have to check with her about that. <laughs> but I don't know when we're going to start recording Les Mis, but I think like stuff like that has got to be how you introduce the show. And yeah, there's there's definite chances for big musical numbers. And your so your next thing would be the Love Actually one. Then. Love Actually, yeah. Because my co-host's not done any Move My Minute stuff. So we had Love Actually and Les Mis both planned. Uh, she's planning on co-hosting both of them with me at the moment. Whether in love actually she ends up deciding she hates the format, who knows? <laughs> and then I have to find someone else for Les Mis. Yeah, I do that. too many of these. My next one is two of them. Uh. We're going to start recording Five Minute Arrival. Looking at Arrival soon. This is me and Sarah, who was just on the show a few, uh, what, four or five weeks ago. And I have kind of talked myself into going back to Michael Myers Minute and finally doing Halloween too, I think. In fact, can I ask you a, ran- a random question? Right. Yes. Uh, that's the point of the show. I've noticed... In whenever you, like, when we were doing Life as a Place and other things, you don't ever explicitly mention that you're, you and Sarah are married? Was that, like, a deliberate thing? Oh, yes, it's because technically we're not currently. Ah. We were divorced. Oh, yeah, I remember you saying that. That so, makes sense. And we haven't remarried yet. But we were gen- we tend to refer to each other as, you know, husband or wife. We don't make it a thing on the show yet. I think on Arrival we'll have to, because we're going to co-host it together. Lost him. He's gone. Poor Luke. It's fine, I'll just cut out this audio.
It's not very exciting. Yeah, cast hasn't seen Luke in over 10 seconds, so we've had to presume that they've disconnected. This could indicate a problem with your internet connection or theirs. No shit. I'd be like, oh, I have free time to talk by myself, because this is my show, so I don't need that. So, this will all just be edited out. Bye-bye, edited out stuff. Somewhere beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for me. I shouldn't leave that in. I think the only time I've sung on a podcast is when I was drunk. <gasps> Listeners, you should go listen to that. If I leave this in, it's because I want to tell you. You should go listen to my 10 minutes of Hitchcock Minute. It was minutes 11 through 20. Because I was doing the sequence where the bad guys force uh, him to drink whiskey. Took a shot of bourbon before each episode recording. And because I was, you know, already drinking, I believe it was three extra throughout. So in the course of a few hours, I had 13 shots of whiskey, and some of the things that I said I didn't remember recording. But then I added them together and made them flow a little better, but they're weird things. I sing, I tangents by myself. This show is, you know, all about tangents. And that's okay. Like Luke just sent me a message, flippin' crikey. Flippin' crikey, he said. Clearly, it's awful today. Because he's British. I did. <laughs> and now he's fat. Yeah, it's, fli- flipping crikey is one thing that my mum said once, <laughs> and me and my sister took the mick out of her so much that I've just yeah. been saying it so often. that The irony is kind of lost, but I just like it. Flipping crikey. Is that even British? Is that is crikey British? I don't know. That's Australian. It might be Australian. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Heck is a main one I use a lot, but flipping heck is so common that I occasionally exchange it for the old crikey. Because, I'll say this, Luke is a nice wholesome Christian boy from England, so he doesn't like to swear. I am. When there were swear words in about time, you would skip them and then bleep them if anyone said actually said them. There's a... That, I'm, I'm fine with what the BBFC consider mild to moderate language. I will say that and I'll bleep it and that's fine. It's... Yeah. Weird, I'm not actually saying the words because I, mm-hmm. I like having the... I. Although there's some things I say on the show that I bleep, I like the fact that there isn't any audio of me saying those words available in the public domain, which is probably very strange to say. But... Oh, so you don't want to say I am fucking furious right now, like Lindsay Duncan? <laughs> no, unfortunately not, no? although her delivery is so amazing. Yes. How are you? Honestly? Why not? I am fucking furious. I am so uninterested in a life without your father. I think I've spent several episodes of the show before and after that one talking about how beautiful that (laughs) delivery is. But yeah, basically, that word and anything stronger than that word are the words I don't say... Wait, what word? (laughs) You're not getting me that easily. Right. Uh, (laughs) Technically... One of the only occasions I did say it is when I'm like telling people their lines in a, in, a, in a film when I'm like directing uh, them, yeah. and I literally warned my family because my family just don't know me as a swearing person because I'm not. Like I remember because my my parents were both like helping with like driving and production assistance and all that stuff. I literally said to them, I was like, "You've read the script. 
I'm going to have to say these words to these actors. You understand that, right? <laughs> and they they were like, yeah, of course, it's fine. Like, they weren't. I thought they'd have been more bothered, and they probably are. But I think they know within the script that it's contextual. If they heard me saying it, like, to them or out on... No, see, the thing is, Luke, Luke, your parents, when they're not around you, they swear like sailors. <laughs> they, they're just cursing all the time. Every time you're recording about time episodes at night, they're like, oh my god, fucking Luke is up there recording again. <laughs> Talking about that frickin' movie. Wait, now I, now I just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I couldn't even, I, I did it wrong. Well, it's one other thing they wouldn't say is also, they wouldn't say, oh my god, either, but. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. <laughs> Blasphemy and all that. <laughs> I, I had a whole chat about that on Sitcand. I talked about Blasphemy. Because there was one scene where a character just came in going, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And they just kept saying it. And I was like, is this just 90s TV? Did, did everyone say it all the time? Like, <laughs> it just, I don't know. I know people don't normally notice it. And I don't normally otherwise. But it's like, when I was, like, I don't think I was reading the script, but I was hearing them reading it. I was like, really? <laughs> and then I had a whole chat about blasphemy. And people find it quite interesting because no one really thinks about it. <laughs> no, no. It, even as a kid growing up at, like, church and private school, that you had like Bible class, I tended to think when they talked about like blasphemy is like profanity, and it's kind of the same thing, but they're not. Nah. I know a lot of Christians who do blaspheme, mm, yeah, and that's their own choice. I'm not changing that. I've heard people blaspheme in church, but to be fair, um, you did just say, Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Well, yeah, but that's a little different, right? But if really, if I edit it right, <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't, no, I'm too nice. Unless I get you to say, I am fucking furious, then I'd be like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I am fucking furious. And just, <laughs> that'll just be the start of the episode. I am so afraid of ostriches, you know, just right into that. No, what you've got to do is you've got to, you've got to enter, like, the YouTube poop level editing of just, like, taking the start the of me saying one thing, <laughs> yeah. the end of me saying another. <laughs> Even that, I, I, I do edit like that sometimes, but that's to fix sentences that got fucked up, not to make people sound like they said things that things that they didn't yeah no i've done that so or sometimes like when i start saying something and then i stumble on it and then i say it again i'll keep the start and i'll add the like part of it i'll mix and mix and match my editing became so much more obvious as to the little bits i cut out when i edited the video version of tmat because although we've got close-ups on some people occasionally like when it's just me talking you will just see me cut and i was like it's probably fine because people know that you edit we edit shows yeah I think so. And like, you know, early 2000s YouTube vloggers, that was the thing, wasn't it? And I always wonder that, because sometimes they'd talk, and then they'd be cut, but it'd be like, at such a random middle point in a sentence, where it's like, what did they cut? Probably <laughs> they stumbled over the sentence, came back to it, found what they were saying. That's what I do in, like, Annihilation, because I had word for word written ahead of time, and I'll mess up a sentence, and then just start, like, the beginning of that sentence again, and cut it out. If I was doing a video, the ed- the edit would be more awkward. But it'd be the same. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I know, I know, I know a guy. I think yes. I was, I was trying to think whether I can say I know. I interviewed him years ago, and we haven't spoken since. But I knew a guy who was a YouTube pooper, and I had a long chat about that. Um, he he ran, and I think still does run. I don't know because one of them dropped out. And I can't whether it was him or someone else. There was a Doctor Who poop YouTube channel, and they were amazing hmm. and they still are like their their editing has gone from youtube poop level to like actual like some editing where you don't remember what the real thing was from the episode because of how good they are nice some of their episodes have genuinely ruined doctor who episodes for me but i'll watch it and i'll just be like in the back of my mind expecting jackie tyler to like swear <laughs> <laughs> and it's just... 
so I guess that means they've they've done their job. Yeah. And I guess that means maybe I've watched their videos more than I've watched that episode. Because <laughs> I used to rewatch their stuff pretty regularly. But do you know what they're gonna say before they say it? You watched it that many times. Um. I, I've done that with Best of the Worst, the show I watch for to find out like bad, bad movies. Oh, yeah. I've watched every episode so many times that I'll know when that joke is coming. I'm like, oh, he's gonna say this. They're gonna say this. I probably did. But I don't now because it's been a few years. Mm. I'm like that with Ricky Gervais radio shows. Huh. I I listen to all the old Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant. I don't know if you ever listened to their old radio shows uh, from from like the late nineties, early two thousands. I think it was around that point. I know they exist. I haven't listened to them though. Might have just been the early two thousands, but it was like when they first met Carl. Pil- early two thousands are old. <laughs> yeah these these shows are older than me. <laughs> um, yes, but I, these old radio shows they're up on YouTube and stuff, and because it's the point first point. It's the point where they first realise Carl Pilkington being stupid. Oh. I don't think he's that stupid. A lot of the points he says make perfect sense, but it's like his brain just doesn't have the same process to get to the points. Mm. And a lot of the things he says, he says things and he makes them sound weird when actually they're facts. And they're like, there's no way that's true. And then someone points it out and it's like, yeah, if you phrase it that way, it makes more sense. <laughs> like, they said, what would you do if you found your doppelganger? And, like, they have the same memories as you or everything. And he said, how would I know which one I was? <laughs> and that's a good point, but no one would think it. Okay, so somehow they've cloned you, Carl, and they've got, you've got him for one day. What would you do with this? What would you, what would you make him do? What would you, uh, what conversation would you have with him? What would you do? Is there anything you could, you know, how would you utilise him for one day? Well, they'd both say, I'm not bothered. And that'd be the end of conversation. <laughs> yeah. What would do me head in is, does he, does he think the same way, look the same way, exactly dresses? the same? Yeah. How would I know which one I was? <laughs> because you'd be you. That's amazing. No, no, no. I know That's what I was. incredible. No, because that is the most stupid thing ever said by a human being. Can we get the Guinness Book of Records on this? It has anyone anywhere in the world said anything more stupid than how would I know which one was me? But think about it. This other person's going. All right, thanks for uh, meeting up and that. And I go, hang on a minute. No, you you came to me. And then Suzanne would come home and she wouldn't know the difference. And then suddenly you'd start doubting yourself. And you'd go, should I be leaving? Or, so, how do I know if I am that real one, if he knows what I know? But you know who you are because you're yeah, but, experiencing it. But he'd it. be saying that because he'd say, yeah, it's a bit weird. But isn't you it? know the truth, you, know? you idiot. Because how you would I know which one I was? Because that doppelganger also thinks it's the real one. So you'd start questioning if you're the real one or not. <laughs> I was like, it's a really good point. But no one thinks like that that quickly. So I listen to all those radio shows, and there's probably a, a couple hundred, I'm not sure. Mm. But I, I listen, I, I've never gone through them in order, I don't think. Or I might have done like once. But often I'll just pick a random one to listen to and go to sleep to. But I can't go to sleep to them now because it's like, it's like listening. I can't go to sleep listening to music I know because I'm like, it's almost like I'm mentally singing along. Yeah. And it's the same with those radio shows now that I listen to it and I'm like, I know Carl's going to say that. I know that. But with being the online radio shows, the funny thing about that is that they have, obviously have the music that they play on the radio and you just hear like the first couple of seconds and the last couple of seconds. And there's like a couple of times I've watched TV and there's been like one of these songs has come up and I won't recognize it until the last three seconds. I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's that song. And it takes a while for me to realize why. Like I, I, was, I think it was a show with the A word, which is a really good show. I can't remember what the song was, actually. You might know. It ends with, Another Planet. Any idea? No. But they used to play that several times on that show, like, so many episodes have that. And I was listening to the whole song, and then 
suddenly that last bit played and I was like, I know, th- why do I only know the end of that song? And then I realised, I'm going to have to find out what song it is, it's going to bug me. Another Planet song. Another Girl, Another Planet? It might be that. Yeah, that ends with Another Planet. Let's find out. I'm just going to play the last three seconds of the song on YouTube now. That's it. That's it. It is covered by Blink-182, apparently. I'm surprised that no one in the comments has, as far as I've gone, has said about the Ricky Gervais radio shows because... Oh, here we go. Yeah. Now, now the next two comments I see just after saying that are about... XFM 104.9, Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant, and the bold mank that is Carl Pilkington. And then uh, someone commented, sometimes, Carl, I think you're from another planet. Also, shout out to Carl Pilkington. Although we've called him an idiot, he also has a a small voice role in my unsuccessful short film, Command Denominator. And I always forget that. It's really weird. Like, I watch Carl Pilkington stuff, and I was like, actually, he was in my film. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely guy. I don't think... I think I was told that I'm not allowed to say how I got him to do it. As in just how I got in contact with him, because, like, right. people will do it. <laughs> They'll realise that actually I wasn't that special in having good contacts. I just knew where to look. Uh, well, it's like uh, one time I found where I'm pretty sure was the actual Bill Murray contact number. Huh. People always say he has a he basically has a voice mailbox that if you find the number for it, he'll listen to your message and maybe do something for you. That's how he gets movie gigs. He doesn't go meet with people. And I found that number somewhere, but it was near the end of like the year of Groundhog Day. And I'm like, it's a little late to try to get him. Because what if he takes a while getting back? And then I was nervous about what would I ask? And then I lost the number. And I'm like, oh, man. How did I find it before? Remember. Once again, (laughs) where can the (laughs) listeners find you? They can find me. On Twitter at Llama underscore Bottle Zero, Instagram at Ginger Luke, Facebook Luke Allen Film, all podcast radio appearances, paper articles and short films. Anything I'm remotely involved in is at LukeAllen.co.uk. Two Minutes About Time is on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Two Minutes About Time. They can join our Facebook group, The Cupboard, to discuss all things to do with About Time and anything else. And we're on IMDb, Two Minutes About Time. I'm Luke Allen on IMDb, director the 16th minute, director Command Denominator, director Unstable, director Lara Carly moving on, director Lara Carly the Happy Song. Self, <laughs> 40th <laughs> anniversary, <laughs> Young Artist Awards, of the, which I never attended, but I like the self-credit. Self, two minutes about time, episode one. Self, two minutes about time, episode two. <laughs> self, two minutes about time, episode three. <laughs> self, two minutes about time, episode four. Self. Somewhere waiting for me My lover stands on golden stairs And watches the ships that go sailing Somewhere beyond the sea She's there watching for me if I could fly like birds on high, then straight to her arms I'll go sailing. Fields far beyond the stars, it's near beyond the moon. I know.
sure we'll kiss just as before. Happy we will be beyond the sea, and never again I'll go sailing. No more sailing. So long sailing, sailing. No more sailing. Thank you for listening. This has been Cock and Bull Minute, a Tristram Shandy story. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cock Bull Minute. Find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a Mandalorian. Why would you create such an abomination? This is the weapon of the coward. The, uh, it's a past stuff that dreams are made of. Cut. That's a wrap. It's over, Johnny. It's over. Nothing is over! Nothing! You're still here? You just don't turn it off! It's over. Go home. Go.